Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. From the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Monday, April 3rd. Coming up today... Oil surges as OPEC announces a surprise production cut. UBS reportedly may cut 30% of its workforce after the takeover of Credit Suisse. We may be nearing a deal for the purchase of World Wrestling Entertainment. And Donald Trump's lawyer says he'll plead not guilty in Manhattan tomorrow. The National Weather Service confirms four tornadoes touched down in New Jersey. Plus, the U.S. has a pointed message to Russia about a detained American reporter. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshammer. Wins for the Mets, Yankees, Knicks, Nets, and Rangers. The national championship game will be played tonight. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. Karen, we begin this morning with a jump in oil prices. Right now, West Texas Intermediate crude is up 5.5% to $79.84 a barrel. That's after OPEC Plus announced a surprise production cut of more than 1 million barrels a day. The move flies in the face of previous assurances that it would hold supply steady. We get more from Bloomberg's Christine Burke in Riyadh. So we're coming off of a pretty soft quarter for oil prices. Brent was down about 7% in the first quarter. So we have seen some weakness. And that is, I think, very much why we're seeing OPEC Plus take this decision to cut production, is they uh, have seen that, pr- that prices have come down so much. We're dealing with a lot of uh, macro uncertainty. You've got a lot of uncertainty around the Fed, a lot of questions about what's going to happen with the banking crisis. Um, and so OPEC really stepping in here to try uh, and signal to the market that it wants those higher prices. And Bloomberg's Christine Burke says the White House is responding, calling OPEC's production cut, quote, ill-advised. And we're seeing oil stocks rally on the OPEC news, Nathan. Shares of Chevron and ExxonMobil are up more than 3% in early trading. Halliburton, Marathon Oil, and Schlumberger are all up more than 4%. And another major story this morning, Karen, centers on massive job cuts at UBS. A Swiss newspaper is reporting UBS will cut its workforce by up to 30% after completing the takeover of Credit Suisse. We get more from Bloomberg's Russell Ward. These are pretty dramatic numbers, Um, as many as 11,000 staff domestically, 25,000 abroad, according to the report. Um, That's much more than the 9,000 that Credit Suisse was cutting before the takeover. But as you say, large-scale job cuts do appear to be inevitable, given the huge overlaps at these two banks. Uh, Domestically, both banks have branches in Main Main Streets all over the country. You know, some of these will just simply have to close. Uh, And globally, UBS has pledged to downsize Credit Suisse's investment banking business. Uh, This is to fit into its conservative culture, so you can expect cuts uh, abroad to centre on that area. And in another development, Bloomberg's Russell Ward says Swiss prosecutors are opening an investigation into possible crimes linked to the takeover of Credit Suisse. 
And Nathan, we've seen a recent rally in tech stocks, but one strategist says this surge is overdone. Mike Wilson is chief U.S. equity strategist at Morgan Stanley and one of the most prominent bears on stocks. He warns the tech rally that's exceeded 20% is not sustainable and that the sector will eventually hit new lows. Let's zoom out from the markets now, Karen, and turn to politics for the latest developments on the indictment of former President Donald Trump. For that, we're joined live by Bloomberg's John Tucker in New York. Good morning, John. And Nathan Trump is expected to travel to New York today and stay overnight at his home on Fifth Avenue before his arraignment tomorrow in criminal court. He'll be fingerprinted and have a mugshot taken. Trump's attorney, Joe Tacopina, was on ABC's This Week. He says Trump will plead not guilty and called the case a political persecution. Had Donald Trump not been Donald Trump and was John Smith, this case never would have been brought. If he was not running for re-election, there's no way this case would have been brought. The exact charges haven't been revealed, but they are related to hush money payments to porn actress Stormy Daniels. Trump isn't making any friends with a judge who will be presiding over the case. He's already bashed him on social media. Key streets in Lower Manhattan will be closed in anticipation of any demonstrations. And hours after the arraignment, Trump is expected to return to Florida and deliver an evening address from Mar-a-Lago. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thank you. When it comes to the race for the White House, former President Trump has another challenger. Former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson is entering the race for the Republican nomination. As I've traveled the country for six months, I hear people talk about the leadership of our country, and I'm convinced that people want leaders that appeal to the best of America and not simply appeal to our worst instincts. And former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson says he'll make a formal announcement on his presidential run later this month. He made the comments on ABC's This Week, heard Sundays on Bloomberg Radio. Let's turn to corporate news now, Karen. Word of a possible deal this morning involving World Wrestling Entertainment could have a new owner soon. Let's get the latest on that, live with Bloomberg's Steve Rappaport. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Sources tell us Endeavor Group Holdings will announce a deal this week to buy WWE for about $9 billion, though it's possible talks could still fall through. Founder and majority shareholder Vince McMahon is expected to remain involved in the business after the deal. McMahon left WWE last year after revelations that he paid millions of dollars to settle claims of sexual misconduct. The 77-year-old reinstated himself as chairman in January to oversee a strategic review of the company. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Steve, thank you. Well, Tesla shares are hitting the brakes this morning. They're down 2.1% in early trading. Tesla did report record deliveries in the first quarter, but they fell short of the pace required to meet Elon Musk's goal of 50% annual growth. Tesla delivered almost 423,000 cars worldwide last quarter after it cut prices. And Karen, a bankruptcy filing may be looming for Bed Bath & Beyond. The home goods retailer has three weeks to raise another $300 million from equity markets that have largely turned against the company. Company. The shares plunged 50% after it raised $360 million from a hedge fund. That deal diluted existing shareholders. Straight ahead, we'll get your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. It's 39 degrees in New York. We have a frost advisory this morning in the suburbs, but it'll be mostly sunny. 60 degrees by this afternoon, mostly cloudy tonight, headed down to around 50. Let's take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world with Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. The National Weather Service confirmed that four tornadoes touched down over the weekend in New Jersey. One twister hit Jackson Township. This woman and her fiancé got an alert on their cell phones and took cover. Lights started flickering and then eventually went off and we grabbed flashlights and went to the basement as fast as we could. 
Jackson Township residents woke up to find downed power lines and trees brought to the ground. Weekend tornadoes killed more than two dozen people in several states, including five fatalities in Arkansas. Tornadoes were reported spanning from Alabama to as far north as Delaware. Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders says they're preparing for more severe weather that is forecast for the region tomorrow. Huckabee Sanders spoke in wind, which took a direct tornado hit. What I found to be so amazing are the people who are stepping up, not just from this community, but across all of Arkansas, coming together uh, and helping build their neighbors up. Almost 400,000 people are without power across a dozen states. Senator John Fetterman is talking about his inpatient treatment for clinical depression. He spent six weeks in Washington, D.C.'s Walter Reed Medical Center. The Pennsylvania Democrat was released on Friday and returned to his home. His office said his depression is in remission. During an interview with CBS Sunday Morning, he recalled feeling low the night he won the election to the Senate. It's like you just won the biggest you know, race in, in the country. And the whole thing about depression is, is that objectively you may have won, but de- depression can actually convince you that you actually lost. And that's exactly what happened. And that was the start of a, of a, down, a downward spiral. Fetterman suffered a stroke last May when he was a candidate for the Senate. A deadly bomb attack in Russia has killed a pro-Russian military blogger and ardent supporter of the war in Ukraine. Dozens of people were injured in the blast. An explosive device ripped through a cafe in the heart of St. Petersburg. The attack, looking like an assassination, killed Maxim Foman, who used the pseudonym Vladlin Tatarsky on his blogs. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. It was a Sunday where seven New York area professional teams played. The Islanders and Devils both lost on the road. But the other five won, including the Knicks and Rangers, who both beat teams from Washington. Knicks at the Garden over the Wizards, 118-109. First time in five years, Knicks had four players scored more than 20 points. Jalen Brunson, Quentin Grimes, Manuel Quickly, and Obi Toppin. Knicks clinched a playoff berth. Rangers were in Washington, jumped in front 3 nothing went on to beat the Capitals 5-2. The Nets led Utah by 20 in the fourth quarter. The lead shrunk to one. Nets held on 111-110. They lead Miami by two games in the race to finish sixth in the East and avoid the play-in. So that was in Brooklyn in the Bronx. A tape measure shot. Stanton swings, drills one. The deep left center field. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. Oh, what a shot. Oh, what a shot. That is a Stantonian home run. A blast drilled to deep left center field. And WFAN, 485 feet, longest for John Carlos Stanton since a 500-footer in 2016 when he was with Miami. Aaron Judge also homered, so did Kyle Agashioka. Yankees blanked the Giants 6-0, already their second shutout victory. The Mets also with solid pitching from Kodai Senga in his Mets debut. They won 5-1 at Miami. Tommy Pham had three hits, three RBIs. LSU won its first-ever NCAA Women's Championship 102-85 over Iowa, highest-scoring title game ever. UConn and San Diego State meet tonight in Houston to decide the men's championship. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. 
Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. We are getting the second quarter of 2023 started with a surge in energy stocks this morning. The surprise announcement from OPEC Plus that it's taking more than a million barrels of oil off the market per day has shaken this market. So let's get more on what the potential impact could be as we head into this new quarter. For that, we are joined live by Lori Calvacina, head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Lori, good morning. Do you change your equity strategy now that OPEC Plus seems to have changed its strategy? Well, well, thanks for having me on, as always, Nathan. And look, there's no change in our strategy here. In terms of sectors, we've been telling people all year to keep a balance between defense, between value cyclicality, and the growth trade. And it's simply because of, you know, the kind of moves we saw in tech in the first quarter and the kind of move we're likely to see in energy today. We feel like this is a market that's bouncing along, you know, sort of a, a bottom, sort of a similar messy normalization period to what we had in 0203. And we think that sector trades in terms of leadership can be vicious in terms of their ability to shift direction quickly. Um, and we frankly had thought that energy was one of the babies that was getting thrown out with the bathwater over the last few weeks. Um, valuations have been very, very cheap, um, got cheaper in recent weeks, and now we've got this surprise cut. Um, so, you know, I think energy will have a good day, and I think it's, it's a part of the market that deserves to have one. What's the potential macroeconomic impact of oil, this much oil being taken off the market potentially? And does that have a bleed through into stocks more broadly besides sector moves? Well, look, I think we can always, you know, kind of trace everything back these days to the inflation argument and the Fed. I think the Fed does you know, look at inflation in terms of what it can control. So we'll see how things, uh, you know, shake out there going forward in terms of different speeches. I'm not overly worried there because of the banking crisis, because we are still seeing outside of energy, you know, a good trend in moderation and inflation. Um, And in fact, we actually wrote this morning about um, the, the Duke CFO survey that came out last week, where some of the questions actually spoke to the seeds of inflation specifically pricing and wage growth, where CFOs' um, optimism or, you know, sort of expectations have taken a hit both for this year and next year. So we think inflation is headed in the right direction, uh, despite, you know, what you might get from energy markets. 
Tell me a little bit more about why you think inflation is heading in the right direction. We have seen uh, some moderation in the Federal Reserve's uh, preferred measure of inflation. Do you think that's the trajectory that we're going toward, that we could see either further moderation or a further slowdown in inflation? So our economists have been arguing that we're sort of headed back to the 3% type area at the end of the year, um, if you look at core CPI specifically. And if you look at consensus expectations uh, within Bloomberg on the ECFC function, if you look at things like PCE and core PCE, for quite some time they've been headed back down in that direction. So I think that, you know, despite all the noise that we've been seeing in the marketplace um, over this debate, that's really been sort of a core belief of the professional forecasting community, and that's really been guiding a lot of things. And in addition to, you know, sort of what we heard from the CFO survey and what we saw in the PCE data last week, you know, we are continuing to see good improvement in supply chains. Uh, something else our economists wrote about recently was how if you looked at all the regional Federal Reserve uh, surveys that have come out recently, uh, they've all been showing weakness in the services sector. And that's something that we don't often see when all five regions are in agreement on that. So I think no matter where you look, you're seeing, you know, yes, inflation is still high. Yes, it is still a pain, but that moderation does seem to be in place. So do you think then that the market is right to be pricing in rate cuts from the Fed this year? A lot of the commentary we're hearing from Fed speakers is that's really not on the table at this point. Well, look, I think the Fed always ends up being data dependent. Um, and if you talk to our economists, they are cu- they are baking in a couple of cuts later this year. I think there is some degree of uncertainty in the forecast. But what we have seen, if you look at market-based expectations on the Fed, no matter where people were before pre-SVB on terminal, you know, on cuts, people are pricing in a less aggressive or more accommodative Fed uh, for both this year and next year than they were previously. So interest rate expectations, bottom line, you know, we can all fight about, you know, the exact number of cuts, the exact level of terminal, but expectations are getting reined in, and that's ultimately supportive of PE multiples in the stock market. So in our last 30 seconds before we pick up this conversation after the commercial break, what does that mean for uh, earnings expectations uh, if we do see a little bit more moderation from this Fed? I think that one of the key things about, you know, sort of the Fed debate is just it's feed through into uncertainty in terms of outlooks from companies. I think it will end up keeping guidance conservative, even if companies still tell us they weren't affected by SVB or they have the ability, you know, to kind of manage whatever uh, gets thrown at them. But I think that's really just, you know, the idea that it weighs on uncertainty and adds to that uncertainty is the big read through. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak.
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.